game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 4-1 Oilers lead here in the second. Seven and a half gone. Yanmark brings the puck through the slot. Now over to the left wing. Left wing corner. Gets by Shattenkirk. Out to Costin. Scores! Cleve Costin gets his second of the night as he goes high to the glove side on Gibson. Two goals from Clem Costin tonight, and the Oilers take it to the Anaheim Ducks 6-2 to bump up their record to 22-18-3 on the season. Anaheim now 12-26-4. Oilers in control throughout tonight. They led 4-1 after the first period, 6-1 after two. Anaheim got the only goal in the third. The Oilers just kept firing away 53 shots tonight to 23 for Anaheim. This ties a team record for most shots on goal in a road game. They had 53 at the Colorado Rockies in a 3-1 win on October 24th, 1981. It is tied for the fourth most shots ever in franchise history. They've had one game of 56, one game of 55, and one game of 54. Thanks a lot for staying up with us one minute before 11. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime open line the shots on goal in the two games against the ducks now they lost the other one the uh, total shots in the two games 102 to 40 in favor of the oilers they outshot them by 62 shots over two games well they are they are a far superior team uh anaheim is near the bottom of the national hockey league in just about every category uh their will to do the little things and be detailed seems to fall off as they fall further and further behind each game and this was a game that the others came out and put pressure on them early and uh, they had chances early they capitalized on those chances and then uh, the An Anaheim Ducks wilted and the others just kept on going so uh, the others did not play well to start the game on home ice against the Anaheim Ducks they fell behind and chased and when they chased they dominated but chasing doesn't always spell victory if you fall behind early tonight they didn't have to chase at all they put the boots to the ducks early in this game they kept on doing it and in a game that they scored six it's hard to believe it but the anaheim ducks goaltenders played well and probably kept this at, sing at single digits because this was a game that easily could have gotten to double digits for the oilers because they were that much better tonight than the anaheim ducks well, and another pretty solid performance by a guy we've been talking about a fair amount, and that is Clem Costin. He scores late in the first period. Really bad giveaway by Dmitry Kulikov. Basically <laughs> passed it to Costin right in front of his own net, who went five-hole on Gibson. And then you really liked something subtle but important that Costin did to get his second goal of the game, that highlight we played off the top of the show. Well, yeah, and it's something that you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, third and fourth line players do, uh, is he was battling in front of the net with the opposition player, and he read the play, saw Yanmark going from high to low, so he kicked out. He pushed the defender that he was against, pushed himself out into the slot, into a one-time situation, created space between him and the defender, and Yanmark made a nice play to him, but it was reading the play. It's not um, reacting to what 
Yanmark finally does, it's being proactive, saying, okay, Yanmark's going high to low, so I want to get high so that the pass comes out and gets into a good shooting uh, spot and gives a shooting lane, for, or excuse me, a passing lane for Yanmark, and then he buried it. Uh, Costin had two goals tonight. He easily could have had four, and that's not an exaggeration. He had a post at the end, had another great opportunity as Leon ha could have scored himself, but decided to give Costin an opportunity at a hat trick. Uh, he is an incredibly likable kid, and you, you cheer for him. And right now, he's making a case that when this is a healthy team, and when this is a team trying to add through the trade deadline, it's not going to affect him. He's earned his spot on this team, and probably continues to earn more and more ice time each and every game. Costin plays 15-17 tonight, six shots on goal, eight shot attempts, had a couple of hits as well. Good game for him, and they're just showing the highlight. I mean, his second goal, he ripped that, and he, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't wind up. He, had, he just had his stick on the ice and just powered through it and hit his spot. Nice he, shot. Well, he, he's a strong man, and he, he's he got, uh, I mean, as you, you and I talked about it off air, he's a first-round draft pick, so this kid's got some ability, and he's got some edge to him. He's got some physicality. Uh, he is a very, very good third-line player for the Edmonton Oilers right now. 6-2, the Oilers win it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored in this game, his 20th of the season. Uh, Sportsnet stats put this out. The Oilers are the first team with four 20-goal scorers by their 43rd game of the season since the 95-96 Penguins. So Hyman already there. McDavid and Dreisaitl already there. Nugent Hopkins gets there tonight. Leon Dreisaitl scored a power play goal, so he is now fourth in Oilers franchise history for power play goals. He was tied with Yari Curry coming into tonight. Now with 108, he leads Curry by one. Uh, he has to chase down Gretzky, Smith, and Anderson in that category. And Dreisaitl's power, I mean, a lot of nice plays tonight. But maybe the nicest we still haven't talked about yet, but uh, Dreisaitl with the pass from the point, Bouchard, kind of a, a shot pass, like mm -hmm. a, a hard pass to get it to the front of the net. Well, I'll let you describe what Dreisaitl did. Well, and it also, he, it wasn't, Leon wants the pass in front of him because his stick can be behind the goaltender's pads. Uh, Bouchard kind of handcuffed him. And most players, when you handcuff them, uh, you, you bobble the puck, but Leon just read, okay, here's where the puck's coming. I'm not going to be able to direct it into the net because it's coming into my body. So he put his stick between his legs, and when the puck hit his stick, his stick, which should be two feet in front of him, was a foot and a half behind him between his legs and still was able to angle his stick the proper way to put it in the back of the net. Like, if you get a chance to watch this one on, on the sports highlights, please do because that is an incredibly tough play that he made and he made it look simple and that's the great thing about when we watch Connor and Leon play they make incredibly hard plays look easy and Leon did on that goal that he scored McDavid made it 3-1 with 9:37 left in the first this will turn out to be the game-winning goal tonight he's driving in diagonally from the left side he stops spins to his backhand around Zegras couple stick handles into the slot and then just a nasty backhand to the top corner. I mean, we were watching the highlight and, and Gibson, I mean, we're reading his body language. We don't know what he was thinking or saying under his, but, but his body language was, was almost like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Like, well, yeah, A, he couldn't see and B, it's a backhand that 
there's players that I've played against in my career that had backhands that were harder than my shots forehand, and one of them was Paul Correa. I've seen him take backhand shots from the point. Uh, that's how good he was. Connor McDavid fits into that. Like he came around Zegers, and Zegers at one point was completely engaged with Connor McDavid in a stop and a stride, and all of a sudden he's three feet behind Connor McDavid, and then Connor just puts his back in exactly where he wants. Uh, he stretches his arms out, gets it by the def two defenders, and Gibson had absolutely no chance. Y you look at this game, and Gibson lets in all six goals and made four or five big saves. So uh, it was just a, a very well-played game by the Edmonton Oilers, and their two star players scored two very, very pretty goals. 6-2, Edmonton wins it over the Ducks. Let's go back to Anaheim. He's at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. You know, uh, I thought the game the other day, you know, one aspect of the game we didn't win, which was the special teams, and it was a it was by a wide margin, didn't allow us to win, but there was some stuff in our five-on-five -five game that we liked, and um, uh, what I really liked about our team was our, our push uh, and fight and passion for each other in, the, in that third period in, uh, in L.A., and I thought that uh, kind of, went into tonight's game um, and tonight's game I thought we control play from the start and I uh, got contributions from lots of different people and special teams were excellent tonight it's a recipe for a good win for us when you uh, they beat you in Edmonton yep didn't feel real good no one was real happy with that yeah we lost the game we lost the two points yes yeah. um, playing them again here you look like you had a very concerted team a team that was not gonna let that happen again eh? yeah and you know what I think there was there was moments in the game, um, you know. I think we had over in two games were above the hundred shot mark. Um, the game in Edmonton, I think we gave up 17 shots against. But there were moments within that game we felt we could be better at. Um, there were moments in tonight's game that we think we can be better at as well. But uh, the difference was was that we were offensively sharp early in the game to build enough of a cushion uh, that where you could withstand uh, an error or two. Um, but, you know, I think it's a credit to our players that uh, dug in to try and find a way. And, um, you know, we're, we're walking out of here with two points, which is what our goal was heading into the night. Day and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, Big Vin is someone that obviously Dave and I are familiar with. Uh, going back to our time in Bakersfield, as I said yesterday, I think it's a. You know, it speaks to the drafting, so our scouts finding this player, um, you know, he, we slow played him. He was, wasn't was signed to an NHL deal right off the bat. Um, he was, uh, you know, someone that earned an NHL contract through his play. His call-up was uh, very well-deserved. And, um, you know, uh, Dave and I were just talking after the game, you know, there were, th there were three guys in our lineup tonight on the back end that kind of came up through uh, that program that we ran in Bakersfield so we were like proud parents back there watching some of these uh, some of these guys and you know over the over the three and a half years that Dave and I 
were there, um, they joined some other people that were able to matriculate up the ladder in Edmonton. They're on different NHL rosters now, um, but they joined that group, and that's something that Dave and I are certainly proud of. And uh, to see Desi come in and play a good game tonight, uh, personally happy for him, but I, I thought he helped us uh, win the game, which is the most important thing. Austin, five goals in his last seven games. What are you seeing from him to that success? Yeah, I see somebody taking advantage of opportunity. He's somebody uh, who he was drafted in the first round for a reason, right? He has a skill set about him. I think he's playing a power forward game. I think he's finding success and chemistry with um, some of his line mates. And uh, I was just disappointed he hit the post or crossbar there uh, to finish off his hat trick. But he was good tonight. And and, you know, we're looking for consistency from him, and five goals in seven games certainly speaks to that. Good, thank you. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers beat the Ducks 6-2. He was asked about Vincent DeHarnay, who makes his NHL, NHL debut tonight. He uh, took a penalty, plays 15-04, credited with three hits, and he makes a winner out of Todd in set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Rob Brown set the line on DeHarnay's ice time at nine and a half minutes. He plays 15.04, so Todd gets the River Cree $50, uh, the $50 gift card to River Cree Resort and Casino. Yeah, I, I thought he, he played well. Um, it, it worked out well. They came into a, a game that the Oilers uh, were comfortably ahead in. It allowed the Oilers to play all of their players and give them significant minutes. Uh, he's got his family in the stands. A big moment for him. It, it's not a, a 19 or 20 year old high draft pick that you knew at some point was going to get a chance. He may never have a career in the NHL, but he's going to get a chance. This is a seventh rounder that's 26 uh, toiling away in the minors. And as much as there's that belief that you're one day going to get a chance, there's also that gnawing feeling sometimes where it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe my chance has flown by me. But he came up, he acquitted himself well, uh, he looked comfortable. Uh, being 26 probably helped that way. But uh, all in all, it probably earned himself another game. And uh, the competition's going to get tougher, which is good. You get to see what this kid is capable of doing. But I thought for his first game ever, uh, it was a nice game for him and his family to be able to enjoy afterwards and talk about. And tonight's quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Paid off quickly. Dylan Holloway moves up to play with McDavid and Yamamoto. Only took him three minutes and 24 seconds to score the first goal of the game. And, and it means a lot for the kid moving up, playing in the top line. He's he's earned that right, the way he's played as of late, playing you know lesser minutes, usually on the third and most times on the fourth line. Uh, when you put in there all day long, you're thinking, okay, I just, I got to bury a chance. If I get a chance, I got to make sure I put it in. I got to capitalize on opportunities. And when he did, he got it. And I think that's huge for him, confidence builder. Uh, there's been a number of players that have moved up to play with Connor this year that it didn't work out. Uh, so Holloway played well. He is a top six player. That is his pedigree. Whether it's this year or next, he will be there. But to me, the way he's played as of late, he deserved more minutes. And tonight he got more minutes, and he did not look out of place. He, he, it's funny, he and Costin play similar to an extent where they're both bulls out there. They're both physical. They get in on the forecheck. Uh, they will take a hit to make a play, and they certainly are good at separating the opposition from the puck with hits, and they both have hands. Now, Holloway 
has a higher ceiling. Uh, but he is a guy that, he, as you and I were saying uh, the last few weeks, he plays like a power forward. And those players are very, very popular in the National Hockey League. All right, Oilers beat the Ducks 6-2. Edmonton's overall strong play on the road continues now 12-7-1 away from home. Jack Campbell stops 21 out of 23, so his record goes up to 10-8-1. The Oilers were 1-3 for three on the power play. The Ducks were 0-3. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We will welcome Sir Robert to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I, mean, I thought, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, I, I do want to do want to take into, into consideration that, that tonight it was the Ducks, a bottom feeder team that's rebuilding, not going anywhere. But at the same time, I thought it just overall it looked to me like like from uh, from start to finish it looked like uh, the Oilers they seemed I don't know if I'd use it but I don't know if I'd use, use the word more engaged but it but it's just like they seemed uh, they seemed like they came out and I don't know if maybe uh, uh, maybe Rob can speak to this but it, it seemed like they came out in the first period and you kind of you, know, you kind of sense they still had that uh, I guess a sour taste in their mouth from uh, uh, losing to the Ducks the first time, despite out shooting them as badly as they did, and obviously uh, I got uh, uh, one more quick one on cost and I mean he's he's re- I mean every game I watch him I I'm I'm all I'm always seeing some some sort of improvement with him. He's he he has looked really good. I mean he scores two more tonight. He's got seven. I mean, Costin, there's no reason he can't score 13, 14 goals when he's playing. Well, uh, that'll depend on who he's playing with. Uh, with Evander Kane coming back by hopefully the end of the month, that bumps everyone down a little bit. Um, uh, it'd be nice if he got double digits. They're playing third or fourth line minutes. I think he's still capable of scoring three or four more goals. But again, we'll see what the minutes are like once Evander Kane comes back because that's another 21, 22-minute a night player those minutes are coming away from some other guys. So, but I, I do like what Costin does. Uh, he's he's one of those. He brings everything. He hits. He fights. He forechecks. He scores, and all the time doing it with a smile on his face. Again, a guy that you want to cheer for because he just he just is a, a fun kid that you want good things to happen for. All right. So a six-two win for your Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, as uh, we've been talking about a lot recently, they are in a pretty hotly contested playoff chase. I know still 40 games left in the season, but we're starting to watch the standings more and more, and we'll uh, update you how the Oilers are doing now after that victory and tell you about the out-of-town scoreboard as well. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And Pulley Arby delivers a solid hit in the neutral zone as he drilled Vakaninen. Fans will love that. Jesse's trying to find a way to keep himself involved in the lineup. All right, there's our crunch of the game, courtesy of the Bison King for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years in counting. The Oilers crunch the Anaheim Ducks tonight 6-2. 
Three other games in the NHL as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Maple Leafs beat the Predators 2-1. The Kings beat the Sharks 4-3. The Oilers are going to play in San Jose on Friday, and Travis Konechny had a hat-trick for the Flyers in a 5-3 win over the Capitals. So... In terms of points in the wildcard race, it's Edmonton and Calgary 47, St. Louis 45, Nashville 44, Colorado 43. In terms of points percentage, it's Calgary 560, Colorado 551, Nashville 550, Edmonton 547, and St. Louis 536. I give points percentage because those teams have played anywhere between 39 and, and 43 games. The Oilers have played the most there. Everybody has games in hand on them. So it's it, it's tight. It'll probably be it'll probably be tight for a while unless one of those teams has a really bad two or three weeks or a really good two or three weeks. But as we were talking about before the game, the the Oilers have to take advantage of the games against Anaheim, and they still play the Sharks four times. Yeah, I mean, you really got to take advantage of those. Yeah, the Sharks are, they'll give them a better game. They're more, they'll be more competitive than, than the Anaheim Ducks, but they are a team that is near the bottom. And, well, as we get further towards the trade deadline, some of these teams will be getting rid of players, so it'll be a lesser lineup. Although I heard on the pregame talking about Anaheim trying to get rid of, unload a ton of players by the trade deadline, I'm not sure there's a lot of players on that team that you want. Uh, it is it is just not a good team. And some of their players that were supposed to be better, like a Klingberg, uh, he's minus, well, going into the game, he was minus 24, and he had a terrible game. That was a the guy there. He they was had, even tonight. Well, there you go. But he the expectations for him were what, much better than what he has given them this year. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the Oilers, uh, you, you want to beat the teams below you in the standings, and then you want to challenge the ones that are above you and, and try to make up those in those four-point games. Uh, the LA Kings won again tonight, so that's a team they're chasing. Seattle won again yesterday. Uh, it doesn't look like those teams are going to slow down, thus you have to continue to keep pace. And then when you have your opportunities to play head-to-head -head against them, those become very important hockey games. All right, 6-2 victory tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. The uh, four stars, McDavid number one, Costin number two, Carrick was picked as uh, number three. He got one of the Anaheim goals. We're going to give out the fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Oh, to me, it's easy. That's Vincent DeHarnay. NHL debut. NHL deb debut that we got to see. We weren't there, obviously, watched on TV where he got to do the, the solo lap. And it was, it was awfully nice of the Anaheim Ducks to wait till... He had the lap by himself because he was on the ice. There's no Anaheim team. There's no Oiler team. And Vincent DeHardin did an entire lap by himself with about 15 pucks on the ice. Good on him. I'm sure that mom and dad got a lot of pictures of him on the, was it the Honda Center? The Honda it Center ice. the Honda Center, yeah. All by, him, by his lonesome. But a good, good debut for him. You played in that building, wouldn't have you? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it's the only one the Ducks have ever had. Oh, then I did then. Yeah. Wasn't it used to be called The Pond? Well, I think that's the nickname. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, it was never officially no? called The Pond. I don't uh, know. Formerly known as the Arrowhead Pond. So oh, yeah, pond. it was. Okay, it was actually ah! called The Pond. Well, I didn't there know There you go. The I brain thought that was injured the, guy I, I, over I, here remembers. You're not brain injured. Don't oh, say I, that. Oh, I certainly am. You should see the, the test that I've done. I've got some issues. Uh, when did it open? Yeah, it opened in June 1993. Oh, God, yeah, I played there. Yeah, so you played there for sure. 
All right, 780-496-0063 if you want to check in tonight. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630shed.com. That's because the Oilers scored five or more in a game, so you can head to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. 6-2 is uh, your final tonight in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, it was just watching the shot clock was <laughs> that was, was the great because I, I checked I, I checked the the record early early like early in the third period because I'm like this is th- there's no signs of slowing down and you got you mentioned the goaltending I mean Gibson made uh, some good saves uh, no chance on a couple of shots and like Anthony Stollers comes in and stops 16 out of 16 in the third including two breakaways one by one by McDavid and one by Nugent Hopkins yeah I'm not sure if they both got shots on goal but still. He had to. He had to face them, so it was. It was pretty much domination by by oh, yeah. the Oilers tonight. You, once you said that the record was 56 shots. I mean, the rest of the game, the game was over. So I'm like, okay, come on, let's get a record here tonight. And then they stopped playing Leon. They stopped playing Connor. Costin hit the post, and they fell three shots short of it. So, but it was. This was. Uh, as dominating a performance as we've seen this year as the Anaheim Ducks were not in this game from start to finish. So McDavid played 15-31, Nugent Hopkins played 15-58, Dreisaitl played 16-34, so lighter nights for those guys. Uh, there were three Oilers who didn't get shots, oddly enough. Uh, one of them is a, is a surprise. Tyson Berry did not have a shot. Uh, neither did DeHarnay, and neither did Philip Broberg. Nurse had eight. <laughs> McDavid had eight, as we were saying. Costin had six. Uh, Kulak, Dreisaitl, and Pugliarvi all had uh, all had four tonight. Face-off story, Oilers go 54%. McDavid, an excellent night in the circle. He was nine out of 11 for 82%, so he led the way for the Oilers. Tonight, uh, Sam Carrick took 20 face-offs for the Ducks. He won 12 of them. Uh, tough night for Trevor Zegras, the exciting young player. He was uh, minus four this evening. As uh, his, I mean, like well, when Costin made it four-one, it was kind of like like three-one was enough, looking comfortable enough already early. And then when it's four-one after one, it was like okay. Well, yeah, I mean the Anaheim Ducks don't have a team that's built to chase hockey games, and they have to open it up a bit. And when you open it up, you just create more opportunities for the Oilers. It's funny you mentioned Zegers, a, a minus four night. The kid's a young, talented hockey player. Mm-hmm. There's some things he's still got to work on, but with the puck on a stick, he's magic. But it's one of those games, not only was he minus four, but every highlight of the Oilers tonight will start with the Connor McDavid goal, which right. he turns Zegers inside out. And that's just going to be replayed over and over and over again. Uh, Zegers can take into consideration that he is not the only player that has become a postage stamp for a Connor McDavid goal. There are many, many of them, but uh, the Anaheim Ducks defensively, they do not match up very well against the Edmonton Oilers when the Oilers play like they did today. Yeah, the, I mean, they're, they're de-struggled. I, I mean, and it was one thing that the Oilers could really get a forecheck going against them, and, and they turned the puck over. Time and time Se- again. Several. And I guess that's not just all on their D, but... No, no, that's I mean, We talk there, about yeah. it all the time. There's two ways to win a game. Make more plays, because sometimes you do just got to yep. make a play, and and make fewer mistakes. And um, Anaheim did Anaheim made neither. tons of mistakes. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, time and time again, they had the puck on their stick, and not only did they turn it over, but they turned it over 
in a, to a grade A scoring chance, and they were turning it over to the Oilers' best players. Uh, and I'm, and you felt for, you felt for them, but you felt for Gibson too. This is a great goaltender that, who's the last couple of years have been disheartening for him because he's just physically run out of energy because he's facing grade A scoring chances after one after another. He lets in six through 40 minutes, and that was with five or six grade A saves. So it was a tough night for he and his teammates. All right, let's go back to Anaheim. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Um, put together a good game is always uh, is always good and uh, something to build on. When you play a team that you know maybe is young and growing and all those things, it's important to get on them early in a game. Don't let them think they're going to hang around like they did last time. Yeah, it's important to have a good start. Um, you know, it's important to have a good start every night, um, as we've uh, as we've we've learned obviously. So, um, especially against a, a young group, you know, to get on top of them early is uh, is important and, and make sure that they know it's going to be a it's going to be a, a hard night. Is you know, you had 49 shots on them last time, and they weren't going in. And tonight, I think he had 53, and they were going a little more. Is there just like, what's this? There's not many. There's not not really a rhyme or reason to this game sometimes. And and uh, you know, sometimes you run into a hot goalie, and other nights, um, you know, the puck just seems to find a way in. You know, you look at Nugent's goal, kind of bounces in and around and finds a way in the net somehow. And um, that happens some nights. And, and other nights, it feels like there's a, a brick wall in there. So obviously, a tale of kind of two different games, um, you know, against these guys. And like I said, just important for us to get back to win column. Your, your first goal just went in. Kind of talk us through that. Like, yeah, uh, you know those two, those two, those two guys I was playing with uh, did a great job of getting pucks back. You know they're they're uh, they work hard and they skate well and they're winning battles all over the place. And you know Yamo doing his thing and, and kind of just got a puck back and pass it over to me and just tried to um, just tried to get into the into the middle of the rink. Um, you know they're kind of a man on man D. So um, if you beat your guy, you're gonna have a chance. And that's kind of what I was thinking. What have you seen with Dylan on your left side so far the last time? Yeah, obviously he skates really well. Um, you know, and you can see his confidence growing. I think that's the main thing. You know, he's he's wanting the puck, holding on to the puck, and, and winning battles and making plays like we, we saw early in the year. So, um, you know, it's a it's a hard league and it's certainly not a developmental league. So um, he's uh, he's worked through some things and um, you can see him start to uh, start to feel better about his feel better about himself. Cost it as well. He he seems to be kind of growing here, right? Yeah, getting better all the time. Yeah, he's always getting better. Um, I had a, it was nice playing with him a couple couple games there. And, um, so big and so physical, and you know if he gets the puck in a good area, it's you know, usually something good's gonna happen. So um, he was real good again tonight. Connor, real quick, two-part question on Vinny Gayardy. First of all, what do you think how he played, and maybe two, what do you think of his sort of road journey to getting here? I thought he was fantastic. I thought uh, he looked really good back there. You know, obviously he's a, a big man, and uh, excuse me, you know, really long, and um, did a good job of defending our line and. Uh, breaking pucks out and um, doing a lot of really good things. I thought uh, he was great for his first one. And, um, and to answer your second question, you know, it's a it's a long road and not everyone's path is uh, is the same. And you know, he's uh, he's grinded uh, more than anybody. So um, really cool to to see it kind of come full circle for him and you know make his debut in the NHL. Um, you know, I know he was uh, really happy to have his family here. And um, you know, like I said, just really cool to to see uh, to see someone live out their dream. As you're heading down the road here in the stretch, you 
feeling more of a sense of urgency to really get those points because it's such a tight race? It's really tight race, really tight. Um, it always is, though. You know, every single year it's a tight race, and, um, you know, we got to put a... I've been saying this all year, you know, someone's going to put a stretch together, and, um, you know, LA's kind of done that, and Seattle as well, so, you know, it's a, it's a, a big opportunity for us to, uh, to respond. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, you mentioned... Seattle, uh, they don't lose anymore. <laughs> they, they've won six in a row. Well, they haven't lost since they got beat since up by the others. Beat them, yeah. yeah, seven two in Seattle, and it woke them up. Seattle's a good team, uh, and if there's any team that I'm, now I'm guessing, but that has cap room at the trade deadline, I would think the Seattle Kraken would be one of the few teams that actually has a bit of space to pick up players come trade deadline. They don't have the the high-end 10 or $12 million players on their team, so I'm guessing that they're able to pick players up come trade deadline. They got a bit. They got uh, projected $5 million at the at the deadline been by Cap Friendly. So, yeah, it's not bad. You know, who'd like, player. you know who'd love $5 million cap space right yeah, now? Yeah, well, exactly. The Edmonton yeah. Oilers would. So they're playing well. L.A.'s playing well. And the Edmonton Oilers are going to see a, a Vegas team that's starting to get healthy as well. So it is going to be – and, again, I, I believe the Oilers would be much better off – uh, getting a position in the Pacific division instead of being a wildcard team. I, I do still think the other division is stronger, and I don't know if I want to go have to go through Minnesota, Dallas, and Winnipeg, or possibly Colorado. I think I'd rather stay with the Seattles and the L.A.'s and play in that division to move on in the playoffs. All right, the Oilers win 6-2. That's a $600 donation to 630 Chad. Santa's anonymous. It's 100 bucks for every Oilers goal from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Thanks for staying up with us. If you want to give us a buzz, feel free to do so. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Strom out to Klingberg. His shot and a save made by Campbell. He covers that up. That is our save of the game from Jack Campbell. Courtesy Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell makes the stops he needs to tonight. 21 saves. He's 10-8-1 on the season. He'll start again on Friday against San Jose. Stuart Skinner has come back to Edmonton as uh, he and his wife are, are welcoming a child into the world. Uh, Skinner expected to be available for Saturday in Vegas. Calvin Pickard up from the Condors on an emergency basis to be the uh, backup goaltender. I can't remember. Were your kids born in season? Uh, they were. Did you leave? Did you leave uh, the team for a bit? I did. Yes. Uh, they were born in Chicago. I think we had a game that night, and I missed the game that night, and then I missed the next two, uh, and then I then I went on a road trip. And my my babies they were born premature. They were in a the NICU for a little bit. So uh, my wife and I were going back and forth to the hospital for a while. But yeah, it's you know, I never miss miss a childbirth. Absolutely not. And uh, good on Stuart Skinner being back here with his wife, and hopefully everyone is healthy and happy, and he uh, can play Saturday if they play him Saturday as uh, for the first time as a father. And I, you know what? The one thing he will notice, he will like road trips. The first <laughs> little while after the babies, he will enjoy the road trips because that's when you get to sleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, especially with you, you had a double dose I, at I, once. Yeah, I'd, I'd come home from a road trip. My poor wife would have two black eyes from lack of sleep for trying to feed both babies all night long. So, uh, yes, no, it's uh, it's an incredible time. And Stuart's going to – and the best thing I can tell you, your life doesn't change at all when you have babies. It's all the same. You want to go to the pub. You want to go to a movie. <laughs> it's all the same. doesn't change at all. Well, eventually, not like now you take your kids to movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I do. We are 21 years yeah, later. It's, it's different. It's a little easier now. Yeah, but now it's just other things to worry about. But uh, interesting, though, I know that they've already announced that Campbell's playing the next two and that Skinner will be – is Skinner going to meet them in San Jose? Or is Skinner going to come back, just do a morning skate and yeah, play I that night? I don't know. I, I would assume he would just go to Vegas. Cause would you think? Does he still play? Because if he's been off skates for four days, does he play in a game against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are the top team in the division? That'd be interesting. I, I well, have no I, idea. I, yeah, Pickard's up for two games. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I'll have to try to find out. Um, yeah, he. I, I would assume he's going to go to Vegas. And then probably take shots in the morning and then maybe play that evening. That'd be interesting. I mean, that's a few days off the ice. Um, but, I mean, he's he's more than capable and he will have the energy of being a, a new father and being all the excitement that goes with that. So, uh, yeah, no, hopefully everything goes well and we get to see a win in San Jose and Stuart Skinner leading the team back on the ice in Vegas. All right. So the Oilers beat the Ducks uh, handily tonight, 6-2 as uh, they get their 22nd win of the season, 22-18-3 now uh, on the year. When you, what's it like playing in a game like this? Because you, you noted it during the second period. You said, Reed, this feels a bit like an exhibition game. Like it, You it, were like, yes, the players are, are trying, there, well, but it the, wasn't. It was there. There wasn't a lot of tension in the game, I guess. No, there wasn't. And yeah, the, the Anaheim Ducks were trying, but it's... The details weren't there. They weren't getting into passing lanes. They weren't getting into shooting lanes. The taking a hit to make a play. Uh, you know, guys start to cheat a little bit more, so they're not on the proper side defensively to take a pass. And that's one of the reasons that the uh, the Oilers on their forecheck were creating so many chances is the, the, the Anaheim Ducks just weren't completely detailed in their own zone, so the Oilers took advantage of it. And at a point... You're an Oiler player. I mean, for some players, you're still excited. I mean, Costin and, and players like Pugliarvi and Holloway and Yamamoto are getting more ice time, and they're hopefully being able to create more th more more things on the ice. But the Stars are like, you know, get this over with. Uh, let's move on to the next one. So both teams, in all honesty, mo both teams would love for the third period to have been played running time. Let's get this over right. with. The game is over. The outcome is done. We don't want anyone hurt. We just want to move on, both teams, to the next game. All right. Two goals tonight. Here he is, Kaleem Costin. Goals uh, feel good when you when you win the game. So, yeah, we just uh, we just want to continue to play that way and uh, keep winning games. You personally, two goals tonight, uh, five in the last seven games. Just describe how you're feeling when you get that puck on your stick right now. I feel, uh, feel 
more confidence since the start of the year. It's uh, like I said uh, before, it's easy to play with those guys. So uh, with Nuji uh, and uh, Jenny, we understand each other really well, and we have like cool chemistry. So yeah, it's uh, it's easy to play with those guys. Describe uh, what you're seeing on your first goal here, and how you're able to steal that one. What was my first goal? Uh, it off. Oh yeah, I just uh, I just kind of really believe that uh, Kolikov will uh, will t will try to play in the, in the middle and then just like read the play. Yeah. Is that like a, some Russian voodoo? You guys know each other? No, I just I just take a risk and then yeah, it's bring me like goal. Oh, I didn't deserve the hat trick yet. <laughs> I need to. I need to well, uh, work a little harder. It's not a time for hat trick. <laughs> what was your emphasis coming into the game tonight after the last game being a loss? Uh, it wasn't. It was a tough game uh, against the uh, Kings. So yeah, we just uh, but we play game by game. So we just after the game we forget about this game and then we, we move uh, we move forward. But you're trying to put a string together here. You guys need to put some games together. Uh, you got to win them one at a time. But it would be nice if this game turned into maybe two or three more good games. Is that fair? Yeah, it would be nice. Though. <laughs> yeah, but we need to we need to work for it. Yeah, we need to put effort. We need to uh, just play smart. Had a fight on Monday, a little dust-up skirmish tonight. How important is the physical part of your game as well? Like you said, it's physical. Like physical is part of uh, our game, it's part of my game. So it's you know, kind of bring uh, energy for for my, for me and uh, for your team. So yeah. Great. Thanks. Man. Thank you. All right, Gleam Costa said he didn't deserve the hat trick. Nah, he didn't want it in a six-two game. He wants it to be an important game. Uh, it, it's funny though. Every time you you hear him talk, you just you smile. You're just like, this is a kid that is absolutely enjoying every second uh, of his opportunity here and taking advantage of every moment of his opportunity. So uh, I don't think he is going to be a guy that's going to be playing in your top six, but he certainly is a guy in your bottom six that brings all the things that you, you want. He brings uh, a physicality. He brings a positive attitude. He's good on the forecheck. And when he does get a chance, he's got the capabilities to put it in the back of the net. So if the Oilers are a team that deploys the three centers with Nugent Hopkins running their third line, you, you need to put guys with them that can score goals. Because yep. Nuge is a good hockey player. And he can create things for for his, for his line mates. So you don't want to put him with Bob Slug and Joe Slug out there and, and have him out on a, an island by himself. You want to have guys that when he gives them the chance, they can put the puck in the back of the net. And as Costin said, he and Mark and Nuge have a little bit of chemistry right now. They've played very well. They had an excellent game. 6-2, the Oilers win it. We're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Now across to CC, a snapshot saved by Gibson. Big rebound, Fowler is able to take it in behind the goal for Anaheim. He'll then lose it as Yamamoto stole the puck, gave it to McDavid out of the left wing corner. The backhand scores! What a shot by McDavid! Yeah. 
<laughs> Putting it mildly, what a shot by McDavid. He's up to 35 goals as the Oilers beat the Ducks 6-2. That's that spinning backhand play out of the corner that we were talking about. I, I, I want to get back to the first goal of the game. Holloway for McDavid and Barry. Mm-hmm. Barry got the second assist. Sometimes second assists get disparaged a little bit. Yep. Agree or disagree, and specifically well, with Tyson I, Barry. I agree they get disparaged. I disagree right. if they should. Um, Barry made a fantastic play, keeping the puck in. Uh, a lot of times the second assist is a long outlet pass where you find a guy breaking and turns into an odd man break. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you ever di should disparage any time a guy does something in a positive light. Uh, I, I, I saw, I know that people have talked about Barry in his second assist. I think he has 12 on the season or something like that. Then I went and looked up all the best players in the league. Connor's got like 17 or something like that. Kucherov's got like 19. So the best players get second assists. It means they've started the play. They've created the, the beginning of what turns out to be a goal. Barry has had a good season. He's had a very good season. The one thing that I've talked to you a, a number of times about is Barry is as good as any in the NHL at keeping pucks in at the offensive line. And on that play right there, he had to outbattle a guy along the boards. He kept the puck back behind the net to Connor McDavid. And because he kept it in, the Anaheim Ducks were cheating. They thought that puck was getting out. So when the puck comes all the way back down uh, and, and Connor goes out in front to Holloway, there was no one near him. Because the Anaheim Ducks had cheated offensively, the turnover happens, and Holloway ends up back door or out in the slot by himself. So great play by Barry, sweet pass by Connor McDavid, and a lovely finish by Holloway turns into a, a really good goal and a nice start to the game for the Oilers. And they rolled from there. 6-2 is your final. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630chat.com, globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey, as always, presented by our friends at Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers 6, Ducks 2 is your final. Good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.